today we're going to be talking about hearing his voice clear. This is the second part of our, of our uh, vision. Hear his voice clear. Now, this is kind of unique to Kingdom Church. I, I know that most churches believe that God speaks, but we talk about this every week. We value this. We per- not just talk about but we pursue this every single week. Would you agree, y'all that have come here? We want to hear his voice. So much so that this is actually how our church started. And over a period of eight weeks in 2018, God spoke, um, our, spoke our, our name, spoke our vision, spoke when we, were spo- when we were supposed to start. And then he even gave us a location. He spoke very specifically how the church was supposed to be born. And he spoke through people. There were people that came up to me. He spoke through the word of God. He spoke through, um, what else did I put over here? He spoke through a prophetic word. He, uh, the year before, somebody had spoken, hey, you're going you're gonna, to, um, he spoke something speci- some specific things and we were able to start the church. He spoke through prayer. He spoke through people. He spoke different ways. So God can speak many different ways. And this is why we value this so much because this is how we started. God speaks. God wants a relationship with you and he wants to speak to you. Another way that we know he spoke is there's fruit. Would you say there's fruit? How many of y'all have grown since you started attending here? How many of you have learned to hear his voice more clearly and followed him closer? A lot of people, this is fruit. Whenever God speaks something, he presents an opportunity for things to grow. Now, just because he speaks doesn't necessarily mean it's going to grow. We have to partner with him and do what he wants. This may be surprising to hear, but it is easy to hear God. It's easy to hear God. How many of y'all would agree with that statement? Okay. Many would not agree with that statement because you think, I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard God. God wants to speak to you. Why? He always comes back down to this. He wants a relationship with you. A relationship involves communication, right? Verbal and nonverbal. He wants to speak verbally and nonverbally to us. He wants a relationship. All of our relationships that we have with our loved ones and friends are, are patterned after our relationship with him. God wants to speak to us because he wants a relationship with us. One thing that encouraged me about uh, learning to hear his voice was this. I remember one time I was struggling to hear his voice or to get direction over a situation. And I felt like the Lord said, Josh, because I created you, I know how you think. I know how, how the emotions you feel. I know how you process things. He said, I know how to communicate to you. All you have to do is make yourself available. I need to say that again. If you want to hear God's voice, he knows how to bring it to you. I know we feel very inadequate because he's God and I'm, I don't understand. If you will make yourself available to him, he'll find you and he'll speak to you. But we have to abide in him. Amen. So I wanna, we're going to today go over some um, basic and practical ways to hear God's voice. I promise you, once you begin doing these things, you're going to hear God a whole lot more. But we have to have a commitment to it. So I want us to pray and ask the Lord to begin to open up our our ears and eyes to hear and see what he's trying to say to us. So Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for today. I thank you for each person who is here. They are here because you want them to hear your voice. So Father, we pray that you begin to speak to our hearts and our minds. Father, right now we bind the voice of the enemy. I see the enemy already trying to lie to us and say, no, you can't hear God's voice. No, that's not, that doesn't happen anymore. No, that's, that's not going to happen. Father, we bind 
his voice in the name of Jesus. You see how he's trying to lie. Father, we pray that you would bind those lies. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak to every heart, to every person in the name of Jesus. We will hear your voice because we are your children and you want us to have a relationship with you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start with this. We hear his voice clear when we focus on hearing him every day. This is, this is, this is the beginning. We're going to go into specifically how we can discern when, how God is speaking to us. But we have to start with this. He wants to be first in your life. Think about the, the loved ones in your life. Man, does your wife want her to be the first in your life more than fill in the blank, fishing, golf? No, no, I'm speaking to no one. God wants to be first in your life above, above um, friendships, above hobbies, above things. Above, he wants to be first in your life. How do we prove to him he's first in our lives? When we seek him every single day. How well have you been pursuing him? How well have you been trying to know him better? So we're going to answer three questions. Number one, does God still speak to us? Does God speak to us? I'm going to have a lot of lists, so try to keep up with me. We're at several different lists. Does God speak to us? Okay, most believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. That every word we read in, in, in the pages of the Bible, um, although they may have been written by different men, Although they may have been written with different styles, prophecy, poetry, um, you know, letters, even though there may be different styles and all that, every word is inspired by the Word of God. How many of y'all believe that? Okay, many of us believe that. What we disagree about, or some people disagree about, is this. If God will communicate anything outside of what is explicitly in the Word of God. What I mean by that. So have any of y'all ever been going through something and you thought, I don't know if I can do this. And then the ver- a verse, this verse or a similar verse came to mind that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that encouraged you, right? I know that verse has encouraged me before. That, that verse, what God did is he brought that verse out of his word into your mind, okay? And he encouraged you. Where some people, what some people don't believe is that God can speak other things that are not found in the word of God. Like, for example, um, let's, let's imagine you're going through a certain situation and God says, hey, um, Marcus, I want you to go and, and pray for somebody. Go pray for such and such person. Can my dad turn to a place in the Bible that says, Marcus, go pray for that person? No. So that's an example of something that is not directly in the word of God. But... Just we're gonna go, we're gonna get into it, but my dad can come to the conclusion that's probably God because would the devil want me to go pray for somebody? Probably not. Am I supposed to pray for them? Well, I'm not sure, but I can't hurt to pray for them. So, those are that's an example of something that's not in the word. There are people that do not believe that God speaks that way, but there's a problem with that because if you read the New Testament, the book of Acts, the, the history of the early church. It's full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, speaking specifically to people about things that are not found in the Old Testament or in the Scriptures. Also, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, are, are gifts that God has given each person so that we can speak things that are very specific uh, to people to encourage them or to admonish them or whatever. So this idea of God not speaking anything outside of his word is not biblical. I know we don't believe that, but there are a lot of churches, believe it or not, that believe that. 
Yes, God still speaks. Okay? How does God speak? That's the second thing we're looking at. How does God speak? Well, there are many different ways. He can speak really any way. He used a donkey in the Bible. So he can use, he can certainly use us. <laughs> Here are a few main ways that God speaks to us. Number one, some of you are getting it, through his word. 2 Timothy 3.14 says this, But as for you, he's talking to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood, Timothy, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says this, All scripture, everything in the word, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. Everything in the word is meant to help to teach us, for reproof, to correct us, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Everything we find in the word of God has been given to us from God's mouth. So if you're not sure where to, how to hear God's voice, just start reading the word and read anywhere. He can find you in any book in the Bible. Look at this. Our job, this is really important. Our job is not to try to figure out what he is saying in his word. That's not your job. Our job is to eat his words, abide in him, and let him show us what he means. This is so good. Okay. Our job is not to figure out what the Bible is saying. Our job is to eat his words, eat it, let it go down, and let the Lord explain to us what his word is saying. Okay. Here's another example. I use the word eat because it actually in Ezekiel it talks about he gave him his word to eat and it was honey in my mouth. So this idea of eating his word is we found in the Bible. It's like this. When you eat something healthy or something or food in general, hopefully it's healthy, eat something and it goes down, do you know how it how the nutrients go throughout your body? Nope. Now, well, you may know, can you control how it goes to your body? No, our, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And so when we eat, whatever we're eating goes to the rest of our body, and then our body looks like what we eat, right? In the same way, we cannot, we cannot control how we grow. The only place we have control is, is right here with our mouth and putting things in our mouth. So the word says that when we abide in him and eat his word, it goes down, it produces, and then we produce fruit. Our job is not to figure out what God is saying. Because let me tell you, you're not going to, if you're trying to read and trying to figure out with your natural mind, you'll never understand what the Bible is saying because it's a spiritual book. But if you will just eat his word and when you get frustrated, like, I don't know what the word is saying. I don't know what you're trying to communicate in this. If you will just continue to eat it, God will reveal to you what, he's, what he wants to say to you. That should encourage somebody because, again, how many of us have read something? We don't know what he's saying. All of us, I, that, that happens to me all the time, just because I, I know a lot of the word that's to me, I know everything. My job is to abide in him, continue to eat, and trust that he's going to show me. What the devil does to us is after reading a day, two days, a week, two weeks, God, and say, well, I don't know what I'm reading, I'm just going gonna, gonna to quit, I'm going to stop reading. You stop feeding yourself, and then it doesn't produce fruit, it doesn't take root, and doesn't produce fruit. Our job is to abide in him, not to understand it. Remember, God created you. He knows how to communicate what he wants to say to you. He knows how. Everybody's different. He can bring it to you. We have to make ourselves available. We do that by abiding in his word. A couple weeks ago, I was actually said this during our Saturday morning prayer a couple weeks ago. And I, I didn't, I didn't set, tell the whole story because that just happened, but I want to kind of explain it. So I was reading one morning in 1 Samuel 13. 
And I was reading it, and I was about seven verses in, and then I zoned out. And I zoned out because the enemy began to attack me. Anybody ever been reading, and then you just kind of, your mind goes somewhere else? He doesn't have to tempt you to distract you. He can just distract you with what you have to do next or what you have to do later on in the day. And then we zone out, and then we don't understand it, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. So I, that, I was reading, and I began to zone out, and he began to attack me. How did he attack me? Well, he reminded me of something that I felt like the Lord had spoken to me earlier in the year. And I felt like the Lord had given me a time frame about when this thing was going to happen. And so I was, um, I was, as I was reading, and I wasn't even reading at that point, I was thinking about the situation, the, the, the devil reminded me of another, so I thought the Lord was going to um, cause something to happen. Well, that something, uh, something else came along, and the devil says, well, why don't you just go that direction? You're believing the Lord told you this, but this, this is a possibility. It's not exactly this. It's not maybe what you want, but this is an option. Why don't you just go this direction? And I began, and I was thinking about it, and I I really began to think, well, maybe this is what God wants. But I wasn't encouraged. I was discouraged. I was like, well, I guess, okay. And I was there. I was, the the end of that is I was discouraged. Well, when I zoned back in, I realized what I was reading, okay? Look at 1 Samuel 13, verse 8. This is a story about the Philistines coming against King Saul, okay? An enemy coming against King Saul. Saul waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. What happened here? The prophet told Saul, hey, I want you to wait for me seven days. I'll come at the end of seven days, and then we'll offer the sacrifice, and then you can go against the enemy. Well, the Bible says after seven days went by, Samuel didn't show up. That was me. All right, Lord, you're giving me this time frame and this isn't happening, so maybe I got to do something else. Verse 9, so Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Why was that bad? Because only the priest could do it, not the king. Only the priests or prophets could offer the sacrifice. So Saul gets desperate and offers this unlawful sacrifice, something that he shouldn't have done, that, that Samuel should have done. As soon as he had finished offering, oh, this is good. As soon as he had finished Offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. Some of us, before I keep going, we're waiting on the Lord to speak. And, he's, and the Lord's saying, if you will just wait a little bit longer, I'll send the answer. It says, as soon as he had finished the burnt offering, guess who shows up? The prophet Samuel. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. Samuel said, what have you done? You, you, you know, Saul, that this is not your job. Only people who are or set apart to offer these sacrifices, can offer them. Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. He says, I forced myself. You see, the enemy was coming against him. Time was running out. And the enemy, it doesn't say this, but the devil said, hey, I know you're not supposed to offer this burnt offering, but Samuel said seven days, so maybe you heard wrong, maybe you misunderstood. Go ahead and do something that you know you shouldn't do, but you, you think, I don't know. Anybody, anybody ever been there before? Anybody been in a situation where you had to force yourself to do something? Can I tell you, 
as God's people, he never forces us to do anything? Is anybody in a situation where you're like, man, if I don't act, if I don't do this, if I don't get the second job, if I don't reach out, if I don't go and talk to the principal, if I don't go do this, I do that, things won't be okay? You know what God told me once I read that? I thought, this is amazing. He said, Josh, I know you've been waiting on me, and I know I told you this amount of time. And I know there's another option, another way to try to get my favor or try to, to, get, to, to get this thing accomplished that you think needs to happen, but keep waiting on me. I read that the very moment the enemy was attacking me, and I would seriously consider going this other direction. You see, the devil's not that smart. And I thought, that's crazy. The, the devil attacked me knowing I was reading this. But here's the deal. What if I hadn't been reading that? What if he was going to attack me at that moment in the day, but I hadn't been reading? See, this is what happens. He's not very smart compared to God, but compared to us by ourselves, he'll win every single time. This is why it's critical that we abide in the word. If I had not been in the word at that moment, I could have maybe gone a different direction. That's why it's critical that we, we stay in his word. This is one example. So this is one way that he speaks to us in his word. He wants to use his word to encourage us, to correct us, to challenge us, and even to bring us freedom, peace, joy, comfort, whatever we need. But we have to abide in his word. He wants to speak to us in his word. The second way he speaks to us is through prayer. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. Remember, it's not just us speaking to him. It's us having a dialogue, a conversation with him. Look at Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears the cry and saves them. How many of y'all want God to hear you? You have to call to him in truth. You have to call to him out of a pure heart. He hears. Look at Acts 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands and on them and they went off. The Holy Spirit spoke specifically to the church leaders in the book of Acts and said, hey, I want Saul and Barnabas, which became Paul, to go and become missionaries, which was the greatest missionary journeys that the world has ever seen. This happened when the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Jesus even taught, uh, taught us to pray. I don't have time to go in it, but this is what our vision is based on. Whenever we started the church, the Lord told me, he says, uh, Josh, um, when I came to earth, I didn't, I didn't do anything of my own opinion, of my own um, ideas. He said, I only said and did everything I saw the Father do and I heard the Father say. It would be the same way. You don't have to do anything. You, need, you don't need the pressure of trying to figure out what to do in a critical situation. You can go to the Lord, ask me, ask him what he, what he wants us to do, and then go do it and know that it's going to work out. How many of you want that type of peace? God wants to speak to us that way, but we have to learn to hear him clearly. Now, you may be asking, but what does that look like exactly? What does it mean to hear God through prayer? How can I know when God is speaking to me? And God, let me just remind you, God doesn't just want to speak to you when you're praying in the morning or when you're reading. He wants to speak to you throughout the day because it's a relationship. It's a conversation. How do I know God is speaking to me? Now, God can speak through an audible voice. I know there are some in here that have heard an audible voice, but he will primarily speak to us in our minds. This is, this is where we're going to focus for a moment. God will speak to us in our minds. Now, how, will you, how do you know God speaks to us in our minds? Well, I want you to think about this. How many of y'all know we're in a spiritual battle? 
okay? What is the spiritual battle? It's between God and the devil, but it's really not between God and the devil because God has infinite power. The devil doesn't have infinite power. The battle is between truth and lies. If the devil can get us to believe a lie, then guess what we're going to do? Evil. So good and evil, but it's really about truth and lies because if we can hear and understand God's truth, then we won't do evil, we won't sin, we'll do righteous things. So the, truth, the battle is between truth and lies. I say this all the time here. we got to know the truth. If you're believing a lie, you're entertaining a lie, don't entertain it because it will deceive you and it will take you captive. And then you'll begin to do things that you'll regret later. The battle is between truth and lies. Now, where do we process truth and lies? In our mind, right? We're thinking, is this true or is this bad? You know, this is where we process everything. Truth and lies is in our minds. Where does the devil tempt us? Does he walk up to us with a red jumpsuit and a pitchfork and tempt us? We wish so we could see him coming, right? Where does he tempt us? In our minds. Where do you think God wants to speak his truth to us? Okay. God speaks to us through our thoughts. This is really important because how many of us think, well, how do I know the difference between his thoughts, my thoughts, and the devil's thoughts? You ever thought that before? All of us have, if we're honest. Is that me? Is that me or is that God or is that the devil? As I was preparing this message, I realized something. You know, in reality, it doesn't matter what our thoughts are because the Bible says we're to put on the mind of Christ. So it doesn't matter what we're thinking. The question we need to ask are, are our thoughts looking more like God's thoughts or are they looking more like the devil's thoughts? Guess where you figure out how you can tell the difference between God's thoughts and the devil's thoughts? The Bible. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I, I could stay here the rest, of the, the rest of the time. Abide in the word. We, you're not going to win. You're not going to produce fruit. You're not going to get freedom. You're not going to have the peace and joy, love, all those things you need unless you abide in the word. Last week, I asked you all to get a reading plan. How many of y'all were, listen to the question, how many of y'all were convicted to get that reading plan? Raise your hand. I'm not saying if you're doing it. I'm just saying how many were convicted? Hey, I'm going to get a reading plan. How well have you been doing it? You don't have to raise your hand. How well have you been in the word every day? You will not know the difference between your thoughts and the devil's thoughts and God's thoughts unless we get in the word. The only time we wonder if it's our thoughts is if we're trying to make a decision, right? We're trying to make a big decision. Buy a house, buy a car, uh, send our kids here, or do, right? That's the only time we're like, God, is this my thoughts or is that your thoughts? I got to know. Now, we can ask God for help for everything, even if going out to eat. How many, <laughs> ladies, how many of y'all could use some direction when trying to figure out where to go eat? Go eat? <laughs> Lord, just show them, Lord. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Show them, Lord. Okay. So we can ask God for direction. Some things are obvious, like don't steal, forgive, go to church. Those things you find in the word of God. But some things are not obvious, like, like, like should I go? Should I work here? Should I go to school here? Right? It's at that point we got to figure out, is it our thoughts, or is it God's thoughts, or is it the devil's thoughts? Well, I have, uh, I have a couple questions that you can ask. When trying to make a decision, there are four questions. I promise you, if you go to these four questions, you will hear the Lord. Number one, have I stopped to ask God for direction? Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
I'm telling you, sometimes it's this simple. Are we asking God for help? You'd be amazed as Christians, even me, it'll be how many times I'm like, I didn't even ask the Lord for help in this situation. I asked my best friends for, 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 for help in their opinion. How come I'm not going to the Lord? A couple weeks ago, I was trying to buy something that, um, that was, what, wasn't super expensive, but it was going to cost me something. I was trying to decide between two things. And if any of y'all know me, I'm pretty indecisive. And I return a lot of things. So it's, uh, help me pray for me when you think about me. And so I was trying to decide, should I buy this or buy that? I, I, could, I, I couldn't, uh, both of them were good options, but I couldn't decide. And I felt like the Lord said, have you asked me? And I was like, no. He said, ask me. All right, Lord, which, one, which direction should I go? He brought a third option that was much better than those two options, right after I asked. Sometimes it's as simple as stopping instead of picking up the phone to call somebody saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, that's the first question. Have I stopped to ask God for direction? Number two, does it violate God's word? This is pretty self-explanatory, but you'd be amazed the things that people say, well, God told me to do this. And I'm like, well, you obviously don't read the Bible because it explicitly says not to do that thing. God will not, again, how can you know? How, if, if you feel like you're supposed to do something, and you, man, if you feel super, like, very strongly to do something, I know, I know God wants me to do this, but you don't know his word, guess who's speaking to you? The devil. You know the devil can communicate to you and affect your emotions? He can, and he will. But if you know the word, you can know the difference. God will not ask us to do something that contradicts his word. The third thing, this one's going to sting. Have I given God permission to tell me something that I don't want to hear? What does that look like? Again, you'd be amazed when we're praying to the Lord. We only give God two options or three options or how many options, but there are options that are approved by us. And God is saying, I'm not going to answer that because that's what you want. When, I, when I'm talking with people and I'm praying, I said, I want you to immensely put, all, put everything on the table and give God permission to take something off or to put something on. You know what that's called? That's called surrender. I remember, um, I remember one time, I remember one time I was, um, you've heard, some of y'all heard this story before, but I was dating my, my ex. Actually, we were engaged and we we're about to get married. And we got in a big argument, a super big argument, and I was praying, God, would you show me? Would you show me what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do? Like, uh, we're about to get married, and I don't know, and it's so late in the, in the game, and you know, this and that. And, I, and you know what I heard from the Lord? Nothing. And later I, I found out why. He said, you're praying, but you're not giving me permission to tell you what I want to say. You want to hear what you want to say. All, you were praying, asking, you were asking for what, what you should do, but you're really praying, God, would you give me peace? Would you fix the situation? I had not, this is really important, I had not given God permission in my heart to tell me something different. And many of us have not given him permission to tell him something different, for him to tell us something different. That's surrender. That's, that's, that's obedience. That's submission to him. Have we asked God, is it in his word? Have I given God permission? Lastly, um, do I have faith or peace or is there still doubt? Romans 14 says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. What does that mean? It means that if God gives you the faith that is the grace to do something, he'll give you the peace to do something. 
It said, look at the beginning. Whoever has doubts, it's, it's talking about eating food offered to idols. I don't want to get into that. But it says, whoever has doubts uh, um, is condemned because it doesn't come from faith. Meaning, if you don't have faith, you'll have doubt. And if you don't have doubts, you won't have peace. I'm going to say it again. We do not make decisions when we're not sure. We're n- we don't make decisions if we feel like we're being forced to make them. That's not God's way. You know what the word says? You can go back to that verse real quick. It's saying you don't have the faith to do it. Whatever God asks you to do, he'll, we actually say grace, but we access grace through faith. We do not have the grace to do it because he has not given us the faith to believe for it. So do you have peace? Do you have peace to, um, to make that decision? You might be saying, well, does that mean you trust your emotions? You hear, you hear some pastors say, we don't trust your emotions. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can trust it, right? Here's the deal. If you have done steps one, two, and three, you can trust your emotions. Why? Because you're surrendered. This is really good. This is really good. When I'm praying for people, and, this is, and I've come to a place in my life where I'm hearing God more clearly because I'm surrendered to him more. When I'm praying for people, I listen. What am I feeling? What am I sensing? I ask people a lot, what are you feeling? Feelings are good indicators. But you have to surrender your heart to the Lord. You have to surrender your mind. Otherwise, the devil will, will come in and he'll say, he'll make you believe that it's God, but it's not him, it's the devil. We can trust our emotions when we're surrendered. But if we're not surrendered, you can never trust your emotions. Never. Don't ever. If you're, if, what, is it, what do I mean? If you're not sure that you are really giving your life to the Lord or you're giving the situation to the Lord, don't go to your emotions yet. Wait until your heart, this is good, wait until your heart says, okay, God, whatever you want to say to me, I give you permission. Once you can say that in here, then you can trust your emotions. But if you're not sure, don't go to your emotions. You'll go down the wrong path. Is that clear? This is really good. This is really good. This is how we learn to hear God's voice. Now, you might be saying, what if I miss God? How many of you have thought that? i got to make a decision because I might miss God. If someone is sincerely trying to ask for God's help, do you think they'll miss God? They won't miss God's will. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to come in and get us fearful. Well, if you don't take that job or if you don't spend this money, if you don't do this or do that, bad things are going to happen. You know when you make a decision that way, you make it out of fear. And God never honors fear-based decisions. He only honors faith, Romans 14, 23. Whatever does not come from faith comes from fear, and it is sin. As God's people, you will not miss his will. You know the only way you'll miss his will? You can turn, put up that slide. The only way you'll miss God's will is when you consciously and purposely disobey God. Okay, think about this. Think about this. God created us. He knows us, so he knows how to communicate to us. We have to be surrendered. If we're surrendered and say, all right, God, I'll put everything on the table, whatever you want, he will find us. He will communicate to us, which means we're not going to miss God's will. A lot of times we make decisions because, oh, I'm afraid, so I'm just going to go ahead and do this. That's not God. God doesn't want us to be forced. The only way we miss God is if when we recognize, he shows it to us, we realize that he wants us to do something, but we decide to not do it. That's the only way we miss God's will. Not because we miss it. As God's children, we'll never miss it. If your heart is sincere and you're surrendered, you'll never miss God's will. You only miss it if you disobey. It's the only way. So that, again, that should give us peace. You're not going to miss God. Don't be afraid about missing God's will. Ask the question, am I abiding in him? Do I know his word? Am I surrendered to him? If you can answer those questions, you'll, you'll, you'll recognize his will every time. I want to I throw a few things. I want to throw a few things out there. 
Um, you may be asking, okay, but what does that look like exactly? Does a, does a memory come to my mind? Does a verse? Does a thought? I'm just going to read this, so just kind of take notes as you, as, you, as you want. God will speak something from his word. And remember, it won't contradict. He'll speak a verse. A verse may come to your mind. He'll speak a truth that you can find in his word, but you have to know his word. He'll speak a story like he spoke to me in the testimony I just gave. He'll speak a specific story. Um, he may ask you to do something that lines up with his word. I remember one time God asked me to go apologize to somebody, and this person was literally the last person on the planet that I wanted to apologize to. Um, Jason was with me. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and I was, I even asked him, I'm like, am I supposed to go do this? I felt like the Lord's stirring. And, and I thought, well, it lines up in his word to apologize. Even though I don't, I'm like, dang it. Okay. Step one. Um, <laughs> step two. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and it was extremely hard, but I had the last step. I had peace to do it. I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Did you know you can do impossible things with God's help? The things he asks you, you can do it, but you have to be surrendered to him. You have to ask him, and you have to wait for his peace. So um, he'll give you an idea. That lined up with his word, forgiveness, lined up. I'll say this. If you're not sure if he's asking you to do something, um, wait for another confirmation. This actually happened a few months ago. I was, um, I was driving somewhere, and this phrase came into my head that was in the Bible. And I thought, okay. And I was thinking about a, a situation, and then this phrase came. I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Well, I put it at the back of my mind. The next day when I get up to read, I read that phrase in the Bible. And it's literally the only place in the Bible that you find that phrase. So the Lord said, okay, Josh, I know you were questioning if this was me. You did, you did the right thing. You didn't just hold on to it. You, you, you didn't just accept it and believe it, but you held on to it, and you waited for me to confirm it. So if you're not sure if God is asking you to do something after you've gone through those steps, Wait, wait for confirmation. This will happen time and time again. Remember, God's pace is slow. It's not fast. It's not forced. We wait. You will not miss God's will. You won't miss it. You can ask this question when, okay, I heard something. I felt something. Was I encouraged? Was I convicted? Was I challenged? All those things God will do. He'll convict you. He'll challenge you. He'll encourage you. How about this? Do you feel condemned? Do you feel like, man, I'm just worthless. I'm never going to get it right. That's the devil. That's the devil. We only know this through his word. Do you feel peace? Um, I would also say this, ask someone who you know has heard God's voice before and say, hey, I think this is God, what do you think? Go to them, which leads to um, the last thing, the last way we hear God is through people, through prayer, through his word, through prayer, and through people. Ask somebody, ask somebody that you know knows God's voice and say, hey, I think God has asked me to do this, or I feel like God, I, I feel this, what do you think? Now, God can use anyone, but he will mainly use the body of Christ to equip the body of Christ. He'll use pastors, leaders, brothers, and sisters. One big way is pastors. I'm going to say this. I, if I'm your pastor, I have been put into your life to communicate God's will to you. This is just the truth. I've been amazed. This, I'm, I've been amazed the past three years of conversations I've had with people, and the Lord has given me insight, and it's happened exactly the way that God showed me. And I realize it's not because it's Josh. It's because I hold this position of authority as pastor. Do you know that I and other pastors are going to be held more accountable for what I say and what I do, for what we do? More accountable, more accountable than you because we have been given the privilege but also the responsibility to communicate God's will and word to people. So, of course, if I lead you all the wrong way, I mean, it's up to you all if you go to the words and figure out what the word says. But if I lead you the wrong way 
and you don't come to know the Lord, that's going to be on my hands. So I've been given authority. Now, I know this is hard. We can all raise our hands and say, hey, I've been hurt by pastors. I've been hurt by leaders. I've been disappointed. I remember one time I was, um, the Lord was, I was at the last church my dad was pastoring, and I was just up front. I didn't agree with how some things were being done, and I was just like, man, this and that, and this and that. And the Lord said, Josh, did I call you to start this church? Did I call them? I said, well, you didn't call me, so it must be them. He says, Josh, your job is to, sur- is to submit to them to, in this season. They're your pastors. Even though you're parents and you know the good, bad, and the ugly, they are still your pastors. Once I begin submitting to that, I begin to see a huge difference in my life. Why? Not because they were Marcus and Letitia. It's because they were pastors. So one of the ways that God speaks to us is through people. It's important we come to church on Sunday. important that we go to a small group and we, and we uh, submit and listen to our leaders. Is that Okay. I know, that, I know that can be hard and sensitive for some people, but David, David was called to be king, and he was still called to su- uh, submit to King Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him. Okay, lastly, real quick, what keeps us from hearing his voice? I'm going to go through a few things. Lack of faith. Do you believe that God wants to speak to you? That's why I prayed earlier. I already, how many of y'all would, how many of y'all would uh, say when I was praying earlier, about the devil's already talking to you about, oh, you can't hear God's voice. He was talking to you. One, there's a few people. Do you believe that God can speak to you? He wants to speak. It doesn't matter who you are. He wants to speak to you. Lack of faith. Jesus went into his hometown, and they did not believe that he could heal. They couldn't, believe, they couldn't understand that a, that, a bo- that a boy had grown up in their hometown could be the Messiah. Some of y'all see me grow up, and you're like, really? Is he, is he really going to lead us? That's what was happening. That was happening to uh, Jesus. Do you believe? Number two, sin. So, these are things that hinder us from hearing God. Psalm, Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shorn that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. He says, God is saying he hasn't lost his power. He hasn't lost his ability to hear your prayers. But your iniquities, your sins have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. If he can't hear, do you think he's going to speak? No, he won't speak directly to what you're going through. Sin. Is there anything in your life that you know you're doing that is wrong? It's time to deal with it if you want to hear God's voice. Not only if you want to hear God's voice, if you want him to hear your prayers. Now, this doesn't mean that we fix everything. We're going to be sinners until we go to heaven. He saved us, but we're being sanctified. What this is saying in this moment, is there something that I am consciously aware of that I need to deal with? Once you do that, he'll speak. And then watch this. As you continue to be sanctified, you'll begin to hear it clear and clear and clear because more and more sin is being eradicated out of your life. So go on this journey. Is there any sin? Number two. Number three, pride. There are many forms or degrees of pride from being very boastful. We know those, those guys, those men and women that are very boastful and very this and that. and they, 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 that, can be, that is pride, but there's also pride known as self-reliant pride. It's very quiet. It can be very humble. Well, I can do this. I can do this. This is something I've had to deal with, especially with the church. As we've grown and we've, there's been more responsibilities, I've had to say, lay down my pride and say, you know what? I can't do it all. I need to trust other people to do this and do that. That, I think that's really what Christians deal with. We say, no, I can do it, God. Go ahead and, go ahead and help that other person. Or I, can, I wanna. And it comes from a good place. Hey, we want to help God. We want to help people. 
But God is saying, but you're doing it your way, and you're getting tired, and you're getting exhausted. You need to surrender to me, pride. Um, four, selfishness. God won't answer selfish prayers because God isn't selfish. Okay, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, go to verse five, uh, verse 5. Point 5. The last one is this, not being intimate with him. What hinders our prayers? What hinders our ability to hear his voice? Not being intimate. I want to ask you again, just in closing, how well are you abiding in his word? Are you every day trying to hear his voice? Are you every day trying to know him better? This is the truth. God is a lover. It's hard to understand, I know. But God is a lover. He's in love with you. If you put him first, he'll begin to speak and communicate with you in ways that you haven't seen before. Every day we know, every day we know him better, every day we hear his voice, and every day we follow him. I went in with this quick testimony. It was about a, a prayer that I um, prayed over somebody recently. So it was actually Friday. We were on our way to Dallas. Um, Iram's son, Conrad, uh, boxed in the, his second professional boxing fight. And so we went up there, and I was with Jesse. Jesse was in the last service, and so he can confirm this. But we were driving, and we stopped at our hotel. Well, Jesse was inside kind of getting things situated, and I was in the truck. And his son was in the back seat. Well, I was in the – and I'm, I don't know if you can see, but I'm not feeling 100%. And so I was beginning to feel that way that night. So I was in the car, and Jesse had the – poor Jesse's not here to defend himself, but he had it on the AC on blast, and I was, like, freezing. And so I was just focused on getting warm in that moment. I'm trying to tell you where my mind was. And so I wasn't really paying attention. Well, all of a sudden, I just feel – I just feel the, the truck move, like, just a little bit. And I look back, and I thought, what is Marcus doing back there? <laughs> like, he's jumping around. or I, I don't know what was going on, but I felt something move. I didn't think, it was so subtle that I really didn't think anything of it. Well, all of a sudden, I see in the mirror to my right, I'm in the passenger seat, I see somebody, something right behind the truck. And I'm like, am I seeing things right? And I get out of the truck, and I see this truck had scraped the back of his truck and had hit just the bumper, just barely scraped it. But the guy's truck, the back left tire, the, the frame had been dented in pretty bad. I was like, oh, that's what I felt. <laughs> and so um, I get out of the truck. I'm like, hey, are you okay? What's, what happened? You hit the truck? He's like, yeah. And then Jesse walks out at that point, and I'm like, hey, I'm cold. I'm not feeling good. I said, hey, Jesse, this guy hit your truck. And I go back in the truck. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's just where I was. I was not feeling good. And so I'm in, the, I'm in the truck for a few minutes, and next thing I know, Jesse comes up to the door. He opens it, hey, man, can you pray for this guy? He's not having a good day. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I said, I'm not feeling good, but I guess, I, I'm, what am I going to say, no? I'm not going to say no. And so I get out of the truck, and I go back there, and you could tell Jesse had said he had almost started crying, and big guy, but he was just stressed out. And so I said, okay, let's, let's pray. Let's just pray. So I started praying. I was praying over him, and I was saying something like, God, be with this guy. Help him to realize everything's under control, that you're working it out. He just needs to rest in you. So I kind of go that direction. And then I start quoting verses from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I said those two verses specifically. I said, Lord, help him to realize that, you're, that he can rest and that, he can, that you're going to take care of it. And then I said this. I don't even know why I said it. I said, God, and I know he knows Psalm 23. I know he knows this, this, this chapter. And I keep praying. Right after I said that, I feel him fidgeting around. And I'm like, I knew I shouldn't have come out here to pray. He's not even, he's not even receiving it. 
As soon as I was done praying, he pulls up, he pulls up his, his, he had a jacket and then another shirt. He pulls it up. He says, dude, I wear this every day. It was a bracelet that said Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Listen to Jesse even said afterwards, he said, dude, did you see his bracelet? Are you sure? Did you see his bracelet? I said, bro, I, I didn't even want to be out here. I wasn't even looking at him. <laughs> but here's the deal. We can be so surrendered to the Lord. We can be abiding in him so much that our words literally are his words. All right. Thank you, I'm telling you, God wants to not only speak to you, he wants to speak to you so that you can speak to other people. There's no way, I'm tell, there's no way I could have known that was on his wrist. And I told Jesse, I said, man, he hit your truck for this reason. And then he said afterwards, but why did it have to be my truck? How come it had to be my truck? I said, bro, he probably has to teach you something. That's yet to be determined. So I'm just kidding. God loves you. I, this, I keep coming back to this, but he loves you. He wants to speak intimately to you. But it starts with, are you willing to take the time to abide in him? I knew willing to surrender and say, God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to decide what what I want you to speak. I'm going to put it all on the table and you speak to me what you want to speak. 